in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel April to the Nazareth, a town in Galilee. A virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born with the called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no words from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Awesome. Good morning, church family. If we haven't met before, my name is Drew, and I am the intern here at Ellerslie. And I can't wait to speak with you all today. So a bit about me, the reason that I actually wanted to intern here at Ellerslie in the first place was to work to, towards discerning God's calling for my life. One thing you might not know about me is that I actually have no Bible school experience. For the past four years, I've been completing a sciences degree, and I've originally been planning to pursue a job in healthcare ever since high school. However, in the past few years, I've also been feeling this pull towards God to explore the possibility of pursuing church ministry. And to be honest, even now, eight months into this internship, I still have no idea where God is leading me. <laughs> Sometimes the uncertainty of this, not being able to know God's plan for me, is really frustrating. I want to know what he has for me, and I want to know what he has for me right now. It's hard to trust him sometimes. But as I've been reflecting on Luke 1, our passage for today, I've been reminded that God is sovereign. I've been reminded that he is in control and has wonderful plans for his people. And I've been learning that I can trust God and his calling for my life because he is powerful, he is sovereign, and he is good. It's brought me a lot of comfort, and I've been able to rest in this truth and find a lot of peace. And today, I want to invite you into experiencing that comfort and joy as well. So let's dive in. As Ava just read for us, we are in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, if you'd like to follow along. And we're going to start in verse 31. So in this verse, Gabriel tells Mary the plan. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now Mary replies to this shocking news with a question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And Gabriel responds, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then he comforts her by telling her that no word from God will ever fail. 
Now, I want us to take a moment together just to imagine what this might be like for Mary, what might be going on inside of her head. To give you a bit more information about her, her age is not stated anywhere specifically in the Bible, but many Christian historians believe that she was around 15 or 16 years old. She's almost certainly a teenager. She lived in a small town called Nazareth, and she was a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, she's not a queen or a princess or some other kind of royalty. She's not a priestess or a religious leader. She's not any kind of esteemed lady. She's not really anyone special. She's just a normal person. She's probably spending most of her time helping out around the house or maybe the farm and preparing to marry her soon-to-be husband. Then, out of nowhere, this angel of the Lord appears and tells her that she is called to birth and raise Jesus the Messiah. Her entire life would change from this. All of her plans and expectations about her life, about what it might look like and what she wanted to do with it, all of that was just thrown out the window in an instant. She's told that she will become pregnant before she actually marries her husband. And I imagine that this must have instilled a lot of fear in Mary. She might ask herself things like, what would Joseph think? Is he even gonna still wanna marry me if I'm pregnant before we're together? And what about her family and everybody else? What might they think? Would they actually believe that this was from God? In Mary's time, it wasn't unusual for a woman cheating on her spouse to be stoned to the point of death. We actually see an instance in John chapter eight where Jesus prevents this from happening to, to somebody. So with this calling from God, Mary is facing the real possibility of not only shame and being outcast and being hated by the people around her, but of maybe even losing her husband and possibly even being killed. Though it wouldn't be true, the world would now see her as somebody who is a cheater, somebody who's worthless, somebody who's deserving of death and broken. She may also ask herself, God, why me? I'm nobody special, I'm just a kid. I don't have the strength to do this. How am I supposed to do this? Why me? Again, Mary had lots of reason to be afraid. And I would bet that you, along with each of us in this room, have felt the same kind of fear and asked these same kind of questions at some point in our own lives too. In response to God's calling, we might ask things like, Lord, why me? Why am I the one you're calling to go sit with the kid no one likes, to speak out against the corruption in my company, to leave my friends and family to serve the people you're calling me? We might ask things like, God, how will I support my family if I take this job that you're calling me to? How will I make enough to support them? And why can't it be me? Or why can't it be somebody else? Why me? I can't do this. So just like us, Mary has plenty of reason to be afraid and to fear. She has reason to doubt and to give up. But we see in this passage that God is right there with her through it all. He is truly in control and sovereign over everything that's taking place. Let's turn back to our passage to see God's plan unfold. We read in verse 27 that the angel was sent to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now these details that Mary is a virgin and that Joseph is from the line of David are emphasized for a very specific reason. The book of Isaiah, which was written about 700 years before Jesus was even born, prophesies about the coming Messiah. We read in chapter seven, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel. In chapter nine, verse seven, we read, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. 
Now these prophecies and over 300 others are all fulfilled in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. Luke focuses on the fulfillment of these prophecies to show us one, that Jesus is the true Messiah, and to show us two, that God had a plan. God knew what would happen long before the angel even spoke with Mary and well before she was even born. God is in control and he is powerfully so. He also shows his power by bringing Jesus into the world through a miracle, the conception of a child to a virgin. There's no question that it is God in his power alone orchestrating these events. God is in control. And as we come to the end of our passage today, we see Mary's response to this call. She simply says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary is faithful. She trusts in the Lord and submits to his plan. Even though it's scary, even though it's going to to be hard, even though the world would now see her as somebody who's broken, and even though she doesn't see the big picture yet, she trusts in God. She trusts in his plan and is faithful. And we see in scripture that Mary's life is hard. She lives a life of service, humbly bearing the responsibility of raising the Messiah. She doesn't get an easy life full of comfort or prestige or success. She lives a life of humility and submission to the Lord. And all of it leads up to this moment where before she actually understands why, she watches her son, the one that this was all about, Jesus, be brutally killed on a cross with her very own eyes. Her life seems pretty broken. But on a much grander scale, Mary gets to play a critical role in God's sovereign plan to restore the world. Through trusting in him and his plan, she gets to be a part of something more precious and important than she could have ever dreamed of for herself. She gets to be a part of God's beautiful plan. Today, right now, God has a calling for you too. God is still powerful and sovereign and has a wonderful plan for you and for your life. God asks us to live a life lived as Mary's, a life of faithful and humble submission to his will. And just like Mary's life, it's not going to be comfortable. We will fear and we will question. We will face hate from others. We will experience real loss and hurt and hardship. We won't always see the bigger picture or understand the greater plan and it certainly won't be easy. But when we follow Mary's example, when we choose to serve God faithfully and to trust in his plan, we get to be a part of something truly beautiful. We get to play a role in his work to restore the broken world, to bring home his his wandering children, and redeem that which has been lost. Romans 8.28 tells us, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. You guys, responding to God's call is so worth it. Though it's hard, God himself works all things together for the good of those who love him, for those who are called. There's no better life out there than the life of Mary, faithful and humble submission to the the Lord. Now, I don't know the whole story of what God's plan is for me. I don't know if my future is gonna be in ministry or healthcare or some other thing, or who knows, maybe some angel will will appear and just throw all of that out out of the window. I truly do not know. (laughs) But what I do know is that God is in control. 
He is powerful and he is sovereign and he is good. And knowing this, I can trust in him even when I don't know the whole plan, even when I'm afraid and even when things are hard. As the chorus for my favorite song up in kids' church says, wherever you lead me, I'm going to follow. I'm trusting you, God, for you are good. Life will get crazy, wild, and amazing, but I'm trusting you, God, for you are good. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are sovereign and that you work all things together for our good. God, you are powerful and in control and you have a wonderful plan for our lives. We thank you for the example of Mary, showing us what it looks like to follow you and submit to your will. Father, I pray that by your spirit, you would give us the strength and hope to trust in you fully. May we seek your will above our own. May we discover and pursue the wonderful calling you have for each of us. And may we choose to serve you humbly each and every day for the rest of our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.